Oh, hey, Steve. Oh, hey, Mike. Well, what's wrong, buddy? Well, I, I just got this new water bottle, but it just looks so plain. Well, have I got the store for you. Introducing the Wild Edible World Podcast Merch Store. Wowie wow! It's the merch store where you can get all of your favorite podcasts merch for all your decorating purposes. How do I find that? Go to wildediblewordpod.shopify.com or go to any of our Instagram and media accounts and view the link in the bio. Wowie wow! Welcome to another wonderful episode of the Wild Edible World podcast. I'm just one of your hosts, Michael. And it's Steve here, of course. And we got one of our buds here with us today. Yeah, please welcome friend of the pod and uh, general life student. Amigo extraordinaire. <laughs> Luke Oswald of the Publicly Challenged podcast. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks exciting. For, yeah, yeah. We're, we're using all of Luke's equipment right now. So well, partially. It's, it's partially. a conglomerate, really. Yeah, it's uh, like testing out these handy dandy uh, microphones and headsets. So yeah. it's feeling pretty good. I this hope is we great. sound good. Yeah, it sounds yeah. wonderful. I don't have to like worry about talking into the to my clown nose here. Yeah, yeah. That was always my biggest problem. Is yeah. I, I get it animated sometimes, and then I move away from the mic, and then uh, a headset's just a way to keep it all there and it's consistent. So. This should okay. be a pretty good podcast because not only for myself but for the listeners. I don't know shit about you, <laughs> <laughs> other than you brought me coffee and it smells fucking lovely. Yeah, well, ever the wonderful guest and I'm sure uh, equally wonderful host, you gifted us some deliciously smelling uh, self roasted coffee. Yes, yeah, and yeah. You do all sorts of stuff yourself. Um, you've gifted me a couple other things. One of them being <laughs> soap. And uh, so, some, you, you hunted a boar recently with some friends earlier. Yeah. So, okay, let's start at the beginning. Let's let's move it back a little bit, and let's talk about your podcast. How yeah. uh, a lot of I think our listeners listeners might be familiar with you if they are, and otherwise, what is your show about? So, I am Luke Oswald, like you said, host of Publicly Challenged Podcast, and it all started like three years ago. And uh, it was my quest for knowledge to become a better hunter, angler, and forager. And that journey has taken me down a road that I never would have thought I would ever go down. But I have loved every single minute of it. I love talking to everybody and just learning. And like you said, eternal student of life. And it's never ending. And the more I learn, the less I know. So oh, yeah. It's, it's been wonderful, though. But... Um, like you said, soap making, everything. I just, I want to learn it all, those lost skills that were once a way of life that now aren't, but combine it with some of the modern stuff too. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff out there. Why not utilize it? So yeah, I hunt, I fish, I forage. Uh, my foraging journey pretty much started when I started the podcast. So pretty fresh to it. And even then I kind of just dipped a pinky toe in there. Yeah. I didn't really get really serious into it until maybe about a year and a half ago. 
Awesome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that sentence. Uh, the more I learn, the less I know. Mm-hmm. And because it, it's so true. Oh, yeah. How many rabbit holes do you dive down? <laughs> Even just researching like simple, uh, like every day, like fo- every day for us, forage ingredients, you know, like it, you, it's, it's insane. Truly. It's absolutely oh, yeah. insane. Truly. And you develop your own products, too. So you've developed a couple um, yeah. hunting stand products and stuff, like yeah. clips. And- so for the mobile uh, hunter that utilizes climbing sticks and stuff like that, stuff to where you can't have a permanent tree stand, which is most public land, and that's the majority of everything I do is public land. I had a necessity for a product where I didn't like putting stuff and hanging it on my saddle when I would climb the tree. And so I just wanted a better way to do that. Now, I'm not saying you can't use it for that because it's a clip, right? You can clip it anywhere. But I wanted it to where it was rigid enough to where I could put it on molly webbing on a backpack, have it right there, I could reach back, pull it off, and stick it to the tree for a climbing stick. And so, yeah, I developed that product as well as a clip for a hunting platform that you hang on the tree as well. And there's a few other things in the works, but it's a matter of just kind of rolling them out and finances and whatnot. Just uh, doing doing it at a pace where it's actually sustainable versus uh, just bankrupting myself trying yeah, to yeah, do yeah. it. <laughs> hey, let's, fuck it. Let's just get everything right now. <laughs> Absolutely. But it, the yeah. cool thing is, is that you have the creativity. You have the ingenuity, too, to create these new products still to something that has been going on, you know, an activity we've been doing ever since we were hominid, you know, yeah. like hunting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really cool that you can come up with, that there's still some new ideas out there. Um, so even though I'm not an active hunter right now, and I kind of, I do seek to learn that uh, will information. Be. I will, you, you will be. But, uh, yeah, I just, I find that incredibly admirable that you, uh, that you, you, when you stick to your creativity like you do, and you got all your your T-shirts are awesome. <laughs> your stickers are hilarious. Picking fatties and yeah. uh, what was the uh, swamp donkey? The swamp donkey, chicken <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner, chicken of the woods on nice. a big stump. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Excellent designs. And a you, lot of them. You yeah. do all those yourself too. Right? I do not design do not them design. myself. Uh, okay. Most of them I come up with a rough design and I send them to a friend that's a graphic designer and he does a wonderful, wonderful job. Um, but. There was one or two that I did, and I just sent it to him. And he's like, man, I'm not even going to charge you the price to draw it up. He's like, I'll just refine it for you because it's pretty close. That's nice. um, So I'm just trying, I, learning. And through even the podcast, I've started to pick up photography and learn that and filming. Um, sure, editing video to. now, you know, oh, I yeah. mean, it just goes on and on, right? Yeah, yeah we're about to be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, long, a long time ago, I, uh, I, I started knife making. And wow. when I started nice. blacksmithing and making my own knives, I had a necessity for sheaths all of a sudden because you can't hey. just walk around with all yeah. these blades, right? So I went from making sheaths and I started looking and I was like, oh, I got a couple pistols. Maybe I want to, you know, make a holster <laughs> for them. And then next thing you know, your leather working transpires into that. And then my buddy got me into traditional archery and I did that for about two years. And when I did that, uh, I started making all my own hunting gear because it was just cooler than going out and buying something. Plus at the time I really didn't have money. There's a lot of things (laughs) to where you either have time or money. You don't really have both. And uh, I had the time, didn't have all the money to go buy a lot of the gear. So I made a lot of arm guards and I made my own quiver, which was pretty cool. There's a brand called Safari Tough and it goes on your back and it's got an opening in the bottom and you lift the arrow up and you slide it down and you can put it right on your string and draw back. Huh. Knock it off. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And it was made out of this like 
rigid, well, I shouldn't say rigid, flexible plastic material, mm-hmm. and it's covered in like a soft felt fabric to where it's real quiet through the woods and everything. And I was like, man, I want one of them, but I can't spend $300 on yeah, that. <laughs> so I went and bought some uh, drain pipe at the hardware store, and it was real thin and kind of flexible anyway, and sure. cut my holes in it and put a bottom in it and wrapped it in some soft fabric myself and made my own strap. And dude, I still use it when I play around with it. I don't, I don't hunt with it anymore, but yeah. I mean, that's just cool. things like that. You got to adapt and improvise when you can. Oh, that's awesome. And that's, that's really inspiring, especially since a lot of our listeners maybe are new to foraging or hunting or anything along those lines. Uh, just you don't have to you know, dump all your resources into it. You can get creative. Absolutely. You can, you can yeah. learn uh, that way. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Very cool. So you're new, newer to foraging, right? How about hunting? Is, was that a new thing as well? Like- um, so, no. I, I started big game hunting. So white-tailed deer, of course. That's kind of the Midwest thing to do. Uh, I did that when I was about... I got a bow when I was 15 years old. My dad bought me a bow off a guy at work. And uh, I started shooting it and shot it for about a whole year. And when I turned 16, me and my buddy were like, Hey, man, we should start hunting. Yeah. So then my parents had five acres but it was in a subdivision that was undeveloped so it was like 86 acres of prime hunting ground at the time i didn't know how great it really was it was that good and not knowing anything i screwed it up a lot but i learned and uh so i hunted that for quite a few years i think it was four years before i actually killed a deer i didn't really have any mentors or anything either the only thing i had was a buddy who his dad said, yeah, I'll go throw up. I got some extra tree stands. I'll throw them up for you. And these were old school, you know, ladder stands that you probably couldn't even find the manufacturer anymore. (laughs) Just that old. But he put up a couple in some really, really good spots that were on some heavily used trails. And I mean, we saw a lot of deer and had a lot of opportunities. And then finally, one day it all came together. And after the first one, it was another one. And then, I mean, it was a double up. You know, I I took two deer in my first sit during the rut. Nice. And uh, it was just awesome. I mean, that was my first buck and doe. It was a double up. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and ever since then, I've been hooked. Yeah, and sure. I, honestly, I don't know if I would be as hooked if it would have came easy. Sure. Hmm. Because, because there was so much struggle, it made it worth it in the end. And in this day and age, so much stuff is instant gratification. Sure. That it doesn't, you know, it's not always, the juice isn't always worth the squeeze. Absolutely. You know, and like we struggled. So if we, the other day we, we <laughs> yeah. went fishing, right? Yeah. And, and we struggled. And if we go out again and we catch a trout, it's going to taste that much better. Yeah. And we still had fun, <laughs> you know, and the effort is still fun. Yeah. That's part of what I have fallen in love with foraging so much is that there is that, der- you, you don't get any of the reward, reward without some work. You got to yeah. put in the legs at some point. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, it, the reward is always sweeter, and that's probably why it always tastes better than grocery store food and stuff, and like just regular <laughs> old lettuce, you know? Right. Uh, so that's I'm sure that holds true with uh, trout, and I'll find out whenever I catch. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, we do right. So, do you remember like the first thing you ever forged? I do, I do. Um, it was actually a little kid on the playground. Um, little, like we a rock? S- no, we were sitting there and. Uh, it was wood sorrel. Didn't know what it was at the time, but uh, picking the yellow flowers, eating them, we knew they tasted like lemons, and you can eat it. Um, and that was actually the first thing I ever foraged. Nice. Now, awesome. since then, I remember when I was like 12, maybe, my dad got me the Army Field Manual on Survival. 
Oh, yeah. And as a 12-year-old boy, formative years, that's one of the coolest books you can possibly get. And it's FM 70, or 2176, Field Manual 21, 1976. Oh, wow. And uh, that is a cool book. For anybody listening that they want to give their kids something and like let them supervise, obviously do dangerous things carefully. <laughs> um, that That's a great book. I was probably a little unsupervised at times because some of the stuff but uh, i was really into like the fire making and the primitive skills and i mean i guess it really carried over today um but th that book really really made a difference in my life and it was really cool and so cattail shoots i remember uh, seeing those in that book and probably 12 13 we were at the beach at one of our beach clubs kind of like uh, you saw the other day and uh, we went there and there was cattails growing there by the by the lake and i cut one off and peeled off the outer layer and ate it and that was about it though i, I can't think of anything else up until i actually started foraging for mushrooms and then of course it was the morel yeah. Oh, yeah you know and that was in my 20s and me and a friend went out and he's like oh yeah i'm going morel hunting you want to go and i was like yes duh yes <laughs> um yeah and so we went out and picked and it was prime time, and we ended up getting, like, four grocery sacks each of, like, morels. Some of them were the size of beer cans. Oh, and I was like, whoa, okay, now I'm hooked. Yeah. You know? And then it was still only morels for a long time. And yeah. then it was actually Hen of the Woods. And, oh, yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm already out in the deer woods. I'm hunting. I'm in oaks. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just like, why am I not picking these? You know? Once I knew what they were and they were edible... And then so from there, it just kind of started progressing a little more. And at that point, I started the podcast and I was hunting public ground. Um, there was a big transition from hunting private, you know, sure. from, like I talked about the, the private ground that I had the opportunity to hunt and slowly lost all of that mm. and lost other opportunities. And I was like, well, I guess I need to capitalize on all this public land around me. And I soon realized, though, there was a huge learning curve, right? Mm -hmm. No longer was it figuring out the animals and playing the wind and all these other mm -hmm. things. It's figuring out humans. Yeah. Who else is here? And the interaction <laughs> with them, the animals interaction with other humans and playing upon that. And wow. once I did that, the whole dynamic changed for me, everything opened up and all of a sudden my opportunities were uh, target rich, I guess. And then I found myself sitting in a tree one day and I was like, man, I spent my whole life, in the woods, yet I hardly know any of this around me, like what it really is. Mm -hmm. And and it just kind of shocked me as I'm sitting there. And so then I started looking around, checking things with binoculars, and uh, just checking out different mushrooms on stumps and stuff. And then mm -hmm. I had a book, and it's a great book, and I can't think of the author's name, but maybe you guys know. It's Edible Mushrooms of Illinois and Surrounding States. Um, I want to say that's a man it's, named Jay. Uh, it's, uh, there's no, a guy that lived down in southern Illinois. I think he's had some health problems since, but he was actually Steve McFarland, and, or Joe McFarland, and Stephen something, which is actually the chair of the Botanical Gardens in Chicago or something nice. like that. Um, but the two of those got together and they wrote a book, and it was an amazing, oh, yeah. super simplistic book. And I had that, so I went home and started opening it up. And sure enough, 
one of the mushrooms I saw, but I was scared to pick it because I didn't know, and I didn't want to pick it if it was something that was poisonous. Yeah, and didn't, all poisonous. Didn't yeah. know enough of it, right? To, <laughs> of that you could yeah. handle all mushrooms, you just mm. don't eat them. Consume yeah, yeah. them, right? And so you can even put them in your mouth. Yeah, right. And just and, don't and, swallow. Yeah, and so all of that kind of came into cul- culmination, but I, I didn't do it, didn't pick it, went home and opened the book, and it was a lion's mane mushroom. Uh, and I was like, oh, man. Oh. And then I started reading, and I was like, oh, I'm allergic to shellfish, but wow, now I can eat this and have yeah. like some oh, of the yeah. same flavor, right? And so that kind of fueled the fire a little bit more to really start studying those books. And at that point, I ordered some Sam Thayer books and really went to town on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But okay. one of... I... What's wrong, buddy? Well, I just realized this mushroom supplement I bought isn't actually made with mushrooms. It's made with something called myceliated grain? Myceliated grain? Oh, oh no! I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, but myceliated grain is a sure sign of a poor-quality mushroom supplement. Well, dang. I wanted mushrooms, not brown rice. What should I do? Well, you should support a small-batch producer from right here in the Midwest. Kiwino Apothecary. Kiwino Apothecary? Tell me more. Kiwina Apothecary specializes in high-quality mushroom extracts from Michigan, and they always use real mushrooms, never, never, never myceliated grain. That sounds like exactly what I've been looking for. Where can I order? Well, you can find them at kiwinaapothecary.etsy.com. That's K-E-W-E-E-N-A-W apothecary.etsy.com. Be sure to read their many excellent reviews. Thanks, buddy. I don't want no low-quality mushroom products from a factory. I want Kiwina Apothecary. Wowie, wow! One of the things that Sam Thayer said to me, which was kind of surprising, is he said, you know, outdoorsmen or hunters tend to be some of the fastest learners as far as foragers because they're already spending so much time in the woods. Mm -hmm. They see all these plants. Mm -hmm. They just don't know what they are and haven't made the connection yet. Absolutely. But it's already there. It's yeah. like it's basically already logged into your subconscious. Yes. And now you're just making the connections to be like, oh, that's what that what I've been seeing this whole time. It's like in your <laughs> active in your active vision, it's just kind of like becoming camouflage. It's like right. blends in with everything else. Can't see the directly. forest for all the trees. Exactly. Right? <laughs> but then you realize your subconscious has actually been really absorbing all of that and just kind of like filing little things away because that's what we've been built for this whole time. Yes. And we're just like re kind of integrating and reactivating it. Um, so yeah, that to- I mean, that kind of makes sense to me. That's, and that's really fun that he- when, when did you talk to him at the, at the festival? Yeah. When we were up there, we were sitting, uh, Actually, I don't. Maybe we were walking. I don't remember. We were sure. walking and talking or something. But yeah, he said that because I told him. I said, "Yeah, you know, I haven't been doing this that long, but you know, I, I've noticed all these plants before." And he's like, "Oh, do you hunt?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Well, that's why." He, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. yeah, it was cool. It was a good experience. I plan on going actually as soon as we're done with this podcast, getting some more tickets. They go on sale today. Oh, they're already sold out. No, I'm sorry, they are. They really? sold out in two hours. Okay. Well, yeah, whatever. Not going. 
That's fine. I know. Crash the festival. I, we're doing it. I mean, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> bring, bring Luke along, man. Nah, it's all good. No, unfortunately, uh, it sold out way faster than it ever has in any other year. Two years ago, you could wait until August to buy the mm-hmm. tickets. Well, Last year, it sold out in two weeks. This week, this year, it sold out in hopefully two Hopefully, maybe I'll be in the Elkwoods then. I don't know. <laughs> Colorado You'll, or oh, something. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, got to find something That's to September do. anyway. So, okay. Well, not doing that, but sorry, to, Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, that's awesome, though, right? That's great for all of us. I mean, that means people are getting out there, yeah. and they are. Yeah, and well, part of the issue is they don't they don't change their uh, um, attendance limit. So they've I think they have an attendance max of two hundred people. Yeah, and, and that makes they sense, keep it though, that way. Yeah, um, and they're not going to like make it bigger because they are at capacity where they are. Yeah, and it's. And that's I mean, a great venue to have it at. It's too. a perfect. Yeah. It really is one of the. It's the best. One of the best times I have every year. Um, and uh, I'm glad that they're not really changing it. That they're keeping the format, keeping it sweet and tight. You got a uh, Alan there, Alexis. It's going to be a big year, but alas. <laughs> not got to, me. Got not me to, started. Not to rub it in or anything. Not to rub it in. Thanks, not to rub Michael. it in. Was no. <laughs> in, a, in a year or two, we'll have our own Chicago uh, Wild Harvest Wild Food Festival. There you go. Right? Like yeah. Maybe I'll just have to have a publicly challenged festival. Yeah, that's what that'll I'm be the, you know, and then it'll be not just that; it'll be primitive skills and hunting and Absolutely. whatever as well. So there you go. Yeah, we'll make it happen now. Yeah, I'm on board, man. <laughs> that's I'm the inspiration. Board. So yeah, can't make it, or if you can't make it, you make it. That's right. If you build it, they will come. Bingo. Right. Just let's just keep doing. <laughs> so you hunt deer, and what else? You're an angler, I know that. Anything and everything I can, yeah. honestly. Squirrel? Um, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, not a whole lot, I'm sure. not going to lie. Sure. I, I, I should do more of it than I do. Um, obviously, you need a lot more of them to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yeah, my family consumes quite a bit of meat. Um, we go through about a half a cow and two deer a year plus 35 chickens-ish yeah. that we raise ourselves. Sure. I'm a chicken um, tender myself. Yeah. So I like it. Yeah, buddy. Chicken tender. Chicken tender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I do that. Sometimes I do dove hunting. I like to do a lot of the stuff out west. It's just a matter of getting enough time sure. throughout the year. Well, now that I have time, it definitely, um, <laughs> you certainly will. definitely might try and pick up an over-the-counter tag for Colorado for elk this year. Heck yeah. We'll man. see. We'll see what oh, happens. Wow. Yeah. Elk out. hunting is hard, a lot harder for somebody that, especially from the Midwest, one, Midwesterners aren't as in shape as uh, Westies are. Um, and, you know, obviously they're acclimated to the elevation, mm-hmm. but um, it's it's a lot more physical. It's demanding. It's mentally strenuous. You have to be prepared to be out there spend time whether it's six seven ten days in the wilderness Mm -hmm. living either out of your truck or a backpack and uh it's awesome though (laughs) i I love it it's it's a type two type of fun you know it's that stuff that sucks in the moment but afterwards the juice is worth the squeeze yeah you know absolutely um i haven't capitalized and killed one yet but since i've been out um i've definitely honed my skills a lot more and I'm very confident that uh, at least I can come close to closing the deal. That's exciting, man. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. We have a, a pal uh, that's a guide out in Montana. And, I mean, just being out there and seeing all the wildlife out there is, is just incredible. I can't imagine trying to 
take one of those sons of bitches down. <laughs> I really can't, man. They're fucking huge. Yeah. Um, the Yule deer are out there fucking huge. So the elk big. are like gigantic. Yeah. Seriously. With the bow. Definitely with the bow. Oh, yeah. Most of my stuff is archery. I, um, other than the boar hunt, that was actually spears, which was mm-hmm. pretty interesting as yeah, well. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> fucking Game of Thrones shit right there. It charged. It charged me. And I dispatched it. And it's, well, it wasn't immediate, but very quickly. Sure. And uh, it still tried to work its way up the spear. And it wanted to put me down. It was probably the closest thing to fighting an animal and having a fair, you know, actual match between the two of us. Seriously. Um, And it was, it was. It was intense. It was an intense moment to know that that animal had a fighting chance to either take me down or I was going to take it down. For sure. Yeah. yeah. When was that? Go out Baratheon That was style. in um, March. March. We were down in Texas. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. So what's your favorite, uh, what's, what's, what do you think is the tastiest game or the, yeah. You know. <laughs> For you. In your so opinion. a lot of people like to characterize things based upon domesticated things. Sure. Mm-hmm. Just like with, oh, well, this tastes kind of like broccoli or, or asparagus, or asparagus yeah. right? Mm-hmm. As far as like Sochan kind of has a little bit of an asparagus taste mm-hmm. to it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not. Everything is unique. Everything has its own flavors and they all have their place and purpose. Mm-hmm. And we just got to figure out that balance and like meld them together. So I can't really answer that to your question sure. because everything is special. Everything is unique. But like some type of stew with like squirrels and like add actual acorns into it mm-hmm. or something like that. That dude, that's awesome. You know, or um, parsnips or some type of root vegetables and throw that in and make a stew with your own like homegrown tomatoes that oh, you can all just you do is say all that kind of stuff. Just everything is wonderful. It's just, uh, you know, how you want to prepare it. And so I can't really answer that because I love food. I'm kind of a foodie. Um, oh, that is I, an answer though. That was, that, an, that answer. Is an, that answer. was an excellent <laughs> fucking answer. I don't necessarily, um, go to the extreme as far as like haute cuisine you know sure. uh, a lot of times it's just simplistic but sometimes mm-hmm. simplistic is great yeah yeah it is did you and try the boar bacon yet? i haven't yet okay. no no that's probably going to be uh, tomorrow morning's breakfast okay all right yeah, yeah. let me know i meant to do it this weekend but yeah yeah that one was good i liked that and and <laughs> it made me want to go get some more <laughs> loins just for that <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I think that's a really valid conversation, though, that or the uh, point that you bring up when we only have so many, uh, we don't really have the uh, vernacular in in America necessarily, or the culture even to have that kind of description. Even we don't have the words to describe things that aren't just like the twenty plants that you can find at the grocery store, <laughs> right. or the four different animals you can find at the right. grocery store, right? And there really is so much diversity out there. It's like whenever. Uh, you know, when some languages don't have a word for a color or whatever, and it's like we are missing so much uh, perception of how to uh, taste and like how to describe the that that sort of flavor diversity. Um, so I think that's a great point that you bring up, and I'm so glad that you find 
the depth of joy in it that you do that, um, you know, it's not like, oh, yeah, I like, I like, I mean, I love that you didn't have an answer, that everything is delicious and yeah. wonderful. You're unfortunately allergic to a lot of really wonderful stuff, too. But <laughs> um, I'm so glad that you still have a lot of um, fun. But, you with know, what honestly, you I'm only allergic to commercialized things. So, with that being said, absolutely, you know, like, like your raw commercialized dairy, grains, you, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have a gluten allergy, so I can't eat a lot of things from sure. stores or whatever. But, yeah. I mean, in the foraging world or in, like, the modern culinary world, that's just ancillary little stuff that doesn't matter because yeah. there's so much more out there. And sometimes simplistic is better anyway. So, yes, I can't eat, like, a fresh-baked sourdough, which that is disappointing. But... I've done some grain-free ones that are pretty amazing. So right I on. would I would take backstrap to baguette any fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's any true. Yeah, backstrap to baguette. Um, but I, I I love that you put that you put it very simply that at that moment that thing that you're having mm -hmm. is the best thing. I was, it is. I was I just mean, coming back from Southern yeah. Ohio and I got skunked with morels. I was so disappointed, but I found an ass load of uh, spring beauties and I dressed that with olive oil lemon juice salt and pepper and served that to my pals there like four or five ounces so like a lot of fucking spring beauties yeah. and it was delicious man it was so good yeah no I, I the the season's bounty is what's wonderful in that moment oh, yeah. if you can preserve it and carry it into the next like I'm not gonna lie even over morels I still prefer hen of the woods hens are my shoes on yep. a backstrap Oh, absolutely. So I take back straps and I put them on like the Traeger smoker grill mm. and I get a smoke tube on there because they're not going to get enough smoke when it's on high heat and you're actually grilling it. So I do that so you get a lot of smoke flavor in a short amount of time. So it's still nice and medium rare, rare inside. Oh, stop it right And you now. take that and I heat up and I cook down Hen of the Woods in the fall with oregano or actually last time i did bee balm because why oh, yeah not, right Fuck yeah so i did bee balm and um a few other spices and acorn oil and cooked them oh, down yeah. in that and just let it first you let them go all the way down in the pan mm -hmm. until there's like hardly any moisture left and then you add the oil in and then they start soaking up that oil and like mm -hmm. melding all the flavors with that and then you start putting in and i cook it it's probably like three and a half four hours you let it go Sure. And then it's all just kind of cooked down, all the waters out of it. And then you got just the wonderful tasting mushrooms. And I put them in jars and I freeze them. And when I have those back straps and I break them out on the grill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> those so go good. on there. <sighs> that's awesome. Yeah. I was just staring at a couple jars of spruce tip, pickled spruce tips that I had that have been excavated from a deep deep cabinet that I was realizing that like oh I need to use those and like so you you boil them down you said you put them in jars and then you freeze them mm -hmm. okay yeah Fre right freeze the acorn oil and, yeah, and then, sure. yeah I don't I find that they last longer and the flavor is better because uh, depending sometimes the oil acorn oil needs to be refrigerated oh sure. of course Absolutely. so you don't want it to go rancid yep you know mm -hmm. so that way I can let it last all year long into the next that way we have it until the next fall where I can get more of them and do the same thing over again. 
That sounds freaking delicious. Um, <laughs> yeah, I want that right now. I think that's going to bring us to the end of our conversation with the wonderful Luke Oswald. I just wanted to plug that book that we were talking about earlier, The Mushrooms of Illinois and Surrounding States. And that is by Joe McFarland. You were right about that one. And the other author is Gregory M. Muller. That's it. Or Mueller. I don't know. M-U-E-L-L-E-R. A Field to Kitchen Guide. So I have that book, too. It is one of the best. It really is awesome. The photos are great. And then the... Two uh, gentlemen featured as the authors are... Uh, is that the one with the chanterelle on the cover? Yes, sir. Uh, yes, I have that one, too. Very, very well-known <laughs> And it's book. a great beginner book. Oh, it yeah. is. It Absolutely. is a great beginner book. For somebody who is scared to get started, mm-hmm. that is the place to start. But carry it with you. Don't Absolutely. leave it at home. <laughs> yeah, make it a bad memory is not that good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so where can people find you, uh, on what, yeah, what, give us so, your plugs. So, yeah, you can find me on pretty much all social media channels, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Instagram's kind of my jam. I don't really do the whole other thing that much. Are you on YouTube? I am on YouTube. Not as active as I should be. I've got a whole lot of content, just not enough time to put it up. But I when I do, there's going to be a buttload. Do um, you cross post your podcast on YouTube at all? I did for a while. Now it doesn't automatically do it, so I don't do it as yeah. much. So, but yeah, I've I've got like uh, probably like a hundred episodes on YouTube. If you want to go check them out, there's some good ones on there. And then I also am on pretty much any app that you listen to a podcast. You can find me publicly challenged on there as well. Publicly challenged, all one word. Publicly Pub- underscore challenged. Publicly challenged is two words if it's the podcast itself. It's publicly challenged podcast. And then pretty much all other social channels is publicly underscore challenged. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's been awesome having a chat with you. I hope a lot of people check you out. Your show and you are a person. You as a person are highly <laughs> underrated. And uh, yeah, your t-shirt designs are great. <laughs> just look, <laughs> I was just on Instagram. Like, they're so good. Stringers full. Yes. That's so good. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. It. So, Thank you. Luke's a real one. Check him out. Uh, thanks for hanging out today, man. Thanks for coming out to me. Thanks this. for having me on. I appreciate yeah. it. It was fun. Good. I'm glad you liked it. We'll uh, we'll see you around.